1: Hello and welcome to a football podcast with myself Christian Jack and Stephen Caldwell. Today we chat about Manchester City's domestic treble, Toronto FC at RSL, a new MLS goal leader, Bruce Arena's return to MLS, Bayern Munich lift another title, and a very special interview with Wayne Rooney. We just finished Toronto FC at RSL. We're also at Lake winning the game three. No, we'll get to that
3: in a second. But first, how is everyone doing? Any plans for the long weekend? Good to see you, Sean. Any plans? No, no. It's going to be just uh, a quiet one at home. I, I I need it, Stevie. Any plans
4: for nah, the weekend? Not so sure. I
3: might, random days off here. Hopefully tomorrow. a nice, what are those about?
4: nice day tomorrow. Let's get that weather there up a little go. bit, a bit of sun, and then maybe visit. Uh, my good friend Phil for a little bit of barbecue and no? a swim.
1: Why not? We all know about Stevie's love for barbecues on this show. Often comes <laughs> up regularly. I'll be keeping more than one eye, in fact, two eyes, on the uh, Indy 500 qualifying Ooh. ahead of um, next week. Alonzo so,
4: in trouble, there.
1: Lots eh? of trouble going on there. Big stories. Keep an eye on that uh, as well. Let's get into the games of the week. Let's start at Wembley as Manchester City tonked Watford by six goals to nil quick story here my cousin uh by marriage he married my cousin a lifelong watford fan was delighted he was at the game i messaged him last night i said uh enjoy the game just taking every minute he goes yeah we haven't got much of a chance but we're going to enjoy anyway i said i don't think you're going to get thrashed mate they got thrashed <laughs> good prediction mate they got absolutely <laughs> got thrashed absolutely destroyed oh. um six nil ties the most uh record for uh, the heaviest victory slash defeat, depending on which yeah. side you want it, since 1903. Oh. Raheem Sterling tied, uh, the first hat trick in a FA Cup final since Stan Morton's in 1953. And just in case Man City needed to break any more records. Yeah. Uh, they have won the, um, the, unprecedented domestic treble in men's football in the UK. Remarkable. In England.
4: Absolutely remarkable. Uh, something that we never thought would ever be done. Uh, Fergie was one of the, the great Sir Alex Ferguson, was one of the guys that said that it was, it was pretty much impossible mm. to win the domestic treble. And uh, Pep Guardiola's Manchester City have, have done that achievement and have, have uh, had great success. And really it was expected, but I don't think, Anybody expected it in the manner of a 6-0 victory. I certainly didn't. I thought it would be tight and tense and, and tough. These guys expend incredible energy every single game, mentally and physically. Yeah. And so to go into uh, this week after the dramatic last Sunday and winning the title at Brighton after the shock of going to go behind and uh, you know I'm sure the party was very curbed, but there would have been some kind of party there. Zero hangover at all. Was The guys were ready. They were at it. Perfect tactics. They demolish Watford.
1: They demolish them. Um, I thought, you know, watching it, the manner and the ease of which they went about it, really we can't take for granted, even though it's so hard at yeah. the time. When they're smacking these goals in and then they're dominating a game of this magnitude, this just doesn't happen. Yeah. It doesn't happen at this level. And it's easy to make these long range judgments of how the game is now. And of course, Man City have thrashed Watford in many formats this season and okay, it's it's one versus eight in the Premier League, and there's a dramatic difference. But I don't think that's the truth. I think the truth is that there's just a dramatic difference between the best team in England than there has been in many, many years than the best team in England. You could go on and say they're arguably the greatest team that we've seen in English football. The winning is tough and they've made it look easy. Yeah. And, you know, if it wasn't for Liverpool, then they would have cruised their way to this treble. You know, this Liverpool have made them better. But in many ways, have taken away that storyline of just how comfortable much of the season has been.
4: Yeah, we we get very blase about watching it, don't we? we just, there's another goal and another moment by one of their tremendous players, um, and and so we get we get blase and we get kind of it becomes the norm. And this is not the norm. This is absolutely phenomenal what we're watching this team doing. Um, their attitude is we, we keep saying the same things but the attitude to me is astounding I can't believe these guys are so prepared mm. to go out there and to activate the tactics and bring all that quality and endeavour and, endeavor and, and uh, drive to the game and this was a, a, a demolition because of that KJ you know the, we think back to the 10th minute where there was a maybe it was the 11th minute where there was a wonderful save from Ederson the one big chance for Watford yeah a star performer a guy who is is part of every single game he's there he's out he makes a great save from Pereira and then after that I, I always I, I want to talk about the first goal signed by uh, scored sorry by City's greatest ever signing mm. the greatest ever player David, David Silva in my opinion he wins a header he wins a header he's 5 foot 6 or 7 he wins a header because he's tenacity it goes up in the air and then Raheem Sterling maybe the second smallest guy in the pitch wins a header and then David Silva holds off the defender wants it more than the defender and puts it into the back of the net and and a team so beautiful as Manchester City to score a goal like that that was somewhat scrappy and it was all about drive and determination and, and will to win was remarkable and it was it was a pleasure to watch after that the power of de bruyne the hat trick from sterling the moments of genius for bernardo silva just a brilliant team,
1: yeah. De Bruyne came on in the 55th minute and was many people's man of the match. <coughs> that's, that's about everything. He was but dominant, it, dominant, it? and uh, obviously a man possessed at that time because he'd obviously not played enough football. You can see he was like shooting out of a cannon, like, like, he like wanted exploding. to contribute, sort he of did. thing. Yeah, he yeah, he did. Yes, um, surprising a little bit from the start. Gabriel Jesus,
4: had Mahrez given starts. Jesus was magnificent, KJ, yeah, His selfless. Energy, selfless. This guy, not being the greatest goal-scoring form for the whole season, always does the right thing. I'm sure Pep loves him, every manager that works under him. Uh, Chichi was the same, wasn't he, with Brazil at the World Cup? Because he's selfless. He does the right thing every time, whether he's in goal-scoring form or he's went in a massive drought, he does the right thing. I thought he was brilliant. That was a stroke of genius to play him. His energy was infectious. This was about high-octane stuff, high-pressure, just being too powerful for Watford. And so the selection of Jesus was really important.
1: Yeah, really important. And um, finally, the uh, Raheem Sterling hat-tricks got a start in the 38th minute when he stole, stole goal. the goal from shocking. shocking some people were putting images on Twitter live coverage of Raheem Sterling <laughs> committing a robbery <laughs> which was a little bit like the ball was yeah. um, I was going to say three quarters of the ball was over the line but I think that's being generous to
4: Sterling it was I way it was probably like I don't know maybe nine tenths you used to get some stick for this back in the day stealing somebody's goal baby liners I used to call <laughs> yeah. them. remember that yeah, yeah. it was um, I, I'm going to try and stick up for him but I, oh, I yeah? just think he was certainly was on side, so he, could, you know, he was, he was, um, he could touch it. He could put it into the back of the net because yeah. he was behind the ball. Yeah, and why well, take the chance? You don't know where a defender is. Blast it into the net but I don't know. I am maybe being a bit nice to him there, haven't I? Don't know. That was shocking. <laughs> was Poor shocking. Jesus.
1: Jesus. To be fair, part of scoring a goal, and you can talk about this more than me, is that. The um the camaraderie and the celebration from your teammates. <laughs> and despite Sterling scoring the goal, Jay's just got all the love. Yeah. Because he put it in and they most of his teammates all ran to, Went him. to him. So yeah. he celebrated as if he'd scored the goal. <laughs> you know, I don't know if you've ever done that. Have you ever celebrated <laughs> as if you scored the goal, but it's not yours? Uh, uh, no, uh, never. You did score a goal that was supposed to be an own
4: goal. Yeah. It
1: was given to you. Yes. What, did,
4: is that true? The goal at uh, uh, St James's? Yeah. You so scored an own I, goal. I scored the goal in a, a Time where Derby for Newcastle playing for Sunderland <laughs> yeah. and uh, I was challenged. Goal. D- yeah, Shola Amiobi put the header into the bottom corner it came off my head and I've just immediately went oh you know what I'm yeah. in big trouble here I'm going to get some stick for this and I hear the Tannoy system say ah and the goal goes to Shola Amiobi I'm <laughs> clapping I'm like give him the goal give Shola the goal and it never got corrected but Amazing. it was certainly my goal an Amazing. OG in a time are derby oh Oh, they got lynched. You you were definitely happy for Schola committing robbery (laughs) on that one.
1: No doubt. Uh, So Manchester City, congratulations to them. They will go down as the history makers, as winning the treble. Although... Before we get to TFC and the women's match, uh, we would have to mention their Twitter account. And I want to try and pull it up quickly because they called them themselves, We Are The Formidables, F-O-U-R, and took credit for a Community Shield win, <laughs> along with a Carabao Cup winner, Premier League champion and FA Cup winners. And as you said, better than anybody, why would you bother doing that? Exactly. You've won the treble. What are you trying to be clever for and make it formidable? Like a you know?
4: class, wasn't it? Ah, community come Shield. <clears throat> come on. No, this is this is just ridiculous. This celebrating a Community Shield yeah. started by Jose Mourinho. I think it has to be counting said. trophies. And it's, it's, yeah, it's Latan. Yeah, everyone's counting this Community Shield when back in the day it was a friendly. It still is it still a glorified is. friendly, and yeah. so you can't count that. They they missed out in the 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 four trophy the the quadruple that That's they were right. going for and I don't know if it was a play on that but just keep quiet you're the the treble winners domestic treble winners great achievement some of these Twitter accounts so we shake our heads at them every week don't we? We
1: do and we don't have time right now to get into it maybe we will when it becomes more serious if it comes but many replies uh, reminding Manchester City this week of a possible Champions League ban over financial fair play (laughs) so we'll keep an eye on the formidables going forward with that Um, Transfer FC was certainly not formidable in Salt Lake City as they got demolished by three goals to nil conceding two goals in the first half and a third in the end 3 nil and a red card to Pozuelo pretty much summed up a disastrous day for TFC, and unfortunately, based on the way they've been playing lately, a far too predictable day.
4: Far too predictable. We we felt that going into the game. Unfortunately, we just uh, we see many flaws with this team at the moment, and it was a, an abject, dismal performance uh, by TFC. That nothing went right. They were uh, they had a good five or six minutes, let's say, where they were on the front foot really create anything then after that it was just downhill from then on it was it wasn't going well at all some uh some awful defending for the first goal a number of culprits yes zavaleta made the biggest mistake getting caught under the ball and he, he didn't look very brave to me in that moment but how the ball came in the lack of communication nobody closed the cross down auro didn't cover round then they could have won a challenge all these things added to it. Krylak puts it in the back of it. And that was just the the attitude of the, the team for the whole afternoon, wasn't it, KJ? Yeah. It was just shocking from them. Uh, no, no cohesion in attack, frustration all, all round and not enough intensity in defending. And we can go on about travel. We can go on about uh, altitude. We can talk about how hard it is to play in an MLS and make excuse after excuse. But, the proper teams in any league don't make excuses. The proper teams have values and they have a culture and they have uh roll up the sleeves first, put in 100% before anything else attitude and they don't complain and they accept when they've been poor and they, they, they take it on the chin and they're ready for the next game. When you start making excuses, everybody can see through it. You know that there's flaws, you know that there's faults, just get on with the job, you were awful in the day, you got a massive game TFC have a huge game coming up next Sunday against San Jose yeah they
1: certainly do Um, Greg Vanny was asked on the uh, in the post game press conference locally on the tough schedule and tired legs to be fair it was on that and he did say when you play five games in 15 days to come on the road to Salt Lake is always going to be a challenge we tried to push through it the guys gave an effort even when they were down a man went on to say um, it's one of those days we keep battling but I'm proud of the guys effort till the end which I think are interesting to bring up because you talk about effort and you talk about going at it. I didn't see it myself. Um, I want to talk about the first goal uh, in particular a throw-in Uh, that looks like a a very easy situation to defend. The ball comes across, uh, the ball is thrown in and nobody is tracking the the thrower for the first place. Jordan Hamilton is looking the wrong way. Ashton Morgan is having to come out from a left-sided centre-back with his arms reaching out, as body language to suggest he's frustrated. Comes out, then the ball gets played comfortably to... Arguably the game's best player in in, in Rusnak, who had all the time in the world to yeah. take a touch, look up, and then play a ball over the top. He plays the ball over the top into the box, and then I want to talk to you about the the dist- the difference between quality and energy. Yeah, and what I mean by that is the ball comes over, and and I think in this moment when we can pause the ball in the air, Eric Zavalleta and Arrow both make. Misjudgments. They mm-hmm. both make decisions which are wrong. Zavala judges to go for the ball, and he's and he's made the the inaccurate decision to go for the ball, thinking he can get it. And Arrow takes steps back. I'm not sure why he's doing that either. He's not going towards the ball and seeking the danger immediately. No, I would say that those are potential characteristics of players who are who are just lack quality in those yeah. areas. Is that fair? For now, before I carry on, do you think? Let me say, let me say this to you. Do you think decision making? is a lot down to quality of players. Yes. Right. So they make poor decisions decisions in those areas. And I'm going to put it down for a second in those moments because I think that's the difference sometimes between top class players and others. So I'll give them the benefit of the doubt in those moments. Poor decisions, but maybe that's one of the reasons why they are... No disrespect, but Arrow and Eric letter. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay. So then the ball has come over. They've missed the chances to get. Then they are now sandwiching Kralik, who has a time to take a touch on, on the his chest, chest. Yep. take a touch in the penalty box on his chest, allow the ball to come down and really go significantly unchallenged and fire the ball into the net. Goalkeeper had no problem. No, yeah. no, no issue with Westbrook. No. So my point being now is the moment that ball touches his chest, now we're talking about, a different kind of skill set. Now we're talking about desire and ability to stop anything that comes in in those moments. And at that moment, neither of them two had enough of it there to show yeah. me that they are protecting that goal no matter what in that moment. Yeah, is that
4: fair? It is fair. Um, I, I'm, I'm with you. It, it was bad decisions by Zavaleta and by Auro in, in the lead up to uh, Krylak putting it into the back of the net, but. The desire and the determination and the mindset to defend comes when you step onto that field. Right. Actually, it comes in training. Right, It comes through your entire week of preparation. It comes through what you see yourself as, as a, as a football player. And um, I can only speak about myself and the way I like to defend. Uh, a player who, to me, it was an embarrassment if. I didn't do my job properly. And my job was to defend. And so, yeah, there was was too many times to mention where I didn't do my job properly. But my mindset when I went out there was to be a defender, KJ. And I don't think that TFC have... I have not say any. They don't have a lot of players that step on that field with a mindset to defend. I think Drew Moore has a mindset to defend. I think he has deficiencies as a player. He's getting on a little bit in age, as everybody has, basically, in in, in MLS for sure. But he has an appetite to defend. I can't say the same thing about a number of their other defenders. I I, I don't see it in Laurence Simon. I don't see it in Chris Mavinga. I don't see it in Eric Zavaleta. Eric Zavaleta is like, he's putting his neck into his shoulders. He was Mm -hmm. scared. He was reluctant to go and challenge for that ball. He should be going in that ball wholehearted, 100%, get a cut eye, get a concussion. Whatever happens, happens. When you're a defender, you don't think about the repercussions. You just do your job. Auro is already thinking about how he can, Getting the overlap or, or get up the field instead of thinking my that, mate's in trouble that's here. That's why
1: I think you step back.
4: Right. Yeah. So I'm yeah. gonna bail him out the, the danger, I'm gonna come and head of the ball. So to me, it's a mindset. Yes, they were very poor decisions, but it's the mindset that's completely wrong with this team. Mm-hmm. It starts at the top, it goes all the way through. It may even start in the coach's room because we keep hearing the right things, but we don't see a team that are particularly set up to go and defend aggressively. Now, defending isn't just telling everybody to come back behind the ball and get into a shape. Defending is actually having a plan to go and engage the opposition. And I see a TFC side that have played between, their line was extremely high today, but have played between an extremely low line, everybody behind the ball, and an extremely high line where there's far too much grass in behind. I don't see a team who come back into a shape and then go and press from that shape. Yeah. I don't see an appetite from a midfielder to go and maybe cover a gap or go and address the ball. I don't see a defender that puts his, his body in the line and goes and heads it clear or or makes a tackle or, or or organizes the team all the way around. And that's why they're conceding goals. And that's why it's been S- Mavinga, Simone, Zavaleta, Auro, everyone's had a go at, at, at being a culprit for one of the goals. Bradley, Azorio, mm-hmm. Delgado, Hamilton, strikers. Ball coming forward too easily is a is striker's fault, KJ. Yeah, absolutely. It's a team that's not defending collectively. There's a number of times when Anua just stole the ball off him and started a quick counter-attack. because That of one when they put him yep. through wasn't it? And, yep. and the line was so high, Jordan Hamilton could have held the ball up. He got dispossessed. I didn't see a man who was fighting hard to go and win no. the ball back. No. I just saw a guy who somewhat gave up. This is, the ball.
1: this is my point And this is why I, you, you can speak all of what you've just done so well for two or three minutes that I could never do because of you've done it and you've lived it. But the reason why I set it up like that is because you just mentioned Hamilton deficiencies can be covered up by mentality. Yeah. Can't they? Work rate. Work rate. Just work. Work rate. Mentality, ability to stop things, whatever you can do. And I think that is the genuine concern of every TFC fan right now is that they know they know that Eric Zavaleta isn't a starting centre back every single weekend. Yeah. Eric Zavaleta knows that. Yeah. They know that Aro isn't the best right back in MLS. He should know that. But they 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 can make they can give the benefit of the doubt to these players, talent-wise. They can all argue they should be replaced, but you can't make an all-star in every single position nope. in the league, okay? But it's the other stuff that they're asking questions about. And this comes back down to the coaches. Hashtag askAFP. Tim asks, should Greg Vanny's job is Greg Vanni's job on, on the line? And these questions, whether we can answer them right now or not, mm. are starting to be asked yeah. by fans. Yeah. And if fans are asking that, other people are going to be asking it. Yeah. Because this is the issue, is when you think about our players playing for coaches, those are the things you look at. Those are eight points from the last nine games. Last season, they couldn't wait to finish 2018. Can't wait for 2018 to be. There's been a wrong mentality in this group. We need to get rid of the bad apples. We need to move forward for 2019. They come out the gates, win three games in a row in 2019, albeit against some abject teams. And then they've gone on a run now where they've got eight points from nine games. They've conceded twice in eight of the 12 games already, 20 last year out of 34. So it's a similar average, a little bit more this yeah. year concerning. You're not going to do anything in this league concerning two goals, conceding two goals every week. Yeah, and that is this. This is the issue. It's not just a. It's not just a personnel issue. It's not just oh, well, they haven't got good defenders. Even if you don't think you've got the right defenders, and you go with a three today, and you play Ashton Morgan a three, which you're not in an ideal situation going to do. Yeah, when are they going to just say we're going to go out there and we're not going to defend? We're not going to give up to anything today that like performance on Wednesday by DC mm-hmm. was slated by some people in the Toronto media this week. Right. Slated by them. People went out of their way to have a go at them. How dare you play an MLS game like that? Yeah. I, when was the last time you saw TFC do that? Yeah. If TFC had played like that today in RSL, that's the kind of game you want to see from Toronto FC. Yeah. Well, things are not going right well, well right now. We've got guys up front who are missing chances for fun, can't score. Our best player's on the bench. who's not been fit. Let's go
4: out there and make sure that they get, we give them nothing. When yeah. was the last time we saw that? We don't see it because they they can't do it. They can't do it. They can talk about it, and 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 I think they tried it in Atlanta, for example, to be hard to beat, much like a DC. And they're nowhere near good enough to even do that because the 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 whole tactics around that team is is the whole mentality. It's not even tactics. It's actually mentality. It's right. a group mindset. Is is not about stopping goals going into the back of your net and that's a big problem and that to me if I was a head coach at TFC I'd be really concerned about that because either I'm not putting them out there with the right mindset or they're not listening to me mm, exactly so it's a big worry yeah. it's a big worry if you're Greg Vanney because even if and Greg Vanney was a defender so I'm sure he's not um going away for any kind of defending mindset he's never been a defensive coach But he is a defender. He knows what it takes to defend in MLS. We're not seeing a team who are prepared to go and put their bodies on the line, to go and work for each other, to to defend as a collective unit, to deny space in between the lines, to come narrow at the right times, to go and address people, double up on quality wide players within MLS. We're seeing a bunch of individuals that are thinking about when this play breaks down with the opposition, how am I going to get to the other side and how am I going to then try and be creative? And then on top of that, in fairness, we're seeing no creativity. Mm. So I don't get it because to me, this is a team through the lack of recruitment and and the the troubles that they had in the window that should just be saying, okay, bunker down till early mid-July when the window reopens. Maybe we can get a player or two then. We're going to have to get a player or two then. We're going to be difficult to beat. We're going to play a certain style. It might not be that attractive, but it will be a way of picking up points, picking up wins, keeping us in the hunt, keeping us relevant, keeping the confidence yes. up, not allowing the fan base to get on our backs and any negativity. Guys like us talking about it on our podcast just look like a tough team. You can never criticise a tough team. You can say, I yeah, don't have ability, they don't have this, they don't have that. Mm. You can't criticise them because you see the effort. I'm not seeing the effort to defend and that is a massive concern
1: and that's the reason why we bring it up and Greg Vanney's comments again oh, that's what makes it perplexing yeah <clears throat> when he's praising the effort yeah. after a game like that you, you know you start to wonder what the, what the reason is behind that finally before we get to Canada-Mexico from up with the women's game the mentality needs to be discussed again once more we've talked a lot about the lack of balance here in the formation that's not a show for today the mentality is Alejandro Pozuelo gets sent off yeah and he gets sent off because he's frustrated. Yeah. He said after the game, he admitted that it was a red card. He went around and apologized for everybody. But he was a frustrated man the other night. Yeah. And I know the TTS had 35 shots and they didn't score, but he wasn't frustrated because they had 35 shots didn't score. He was frustrated because he didn't have enough good players yeah. around him. Yeah. That's why he's frustrated. He's walking off and he's disappointed with a lack of quality around yeah. him and the lack of a, a
4: endeavor to play at the level. Good players, top players want to play with top players. Of course. And right now he's not playing with enough of them. He's not, and in, it's in building, or was building, wasn't it? And it came to the fro, mm. to fore, sorry, when um, he, he did that second yellow card. He saw it coming. You've been seeing it for weeks and weeks, and it's because he's not allowed to play the game that he's best served to, to do. You know, the game that we saw against New York City, his debut in the, the early games of the season where he's in, really dangerous areas and he's getting the ball he doesn't trust his teammates already so he's having to come deeper and go into areas to try and get the ball and he's playing passes and people are not in the same uh, wavelength and and mindset and so he's becoming more and more frustrated because of that he understands that it's going to be a a toil he's probably a little bit tired because he'll be he'll be shocked with the the difficulties of MLS the travel the heat the different things that are coming in at altitude Um, and he he lashed out Mm. and he deserved to go and it was two stupid bookings and he got booked in a game. He allowed his emotions to boil over in a game that was away from TFC within 30 minutes and there's a huge game coming up next Sunday. Huge, huge game for his football club, for his head coach who brought him there, his general manager, a whole organisation who are relying on him for really the only creativity in the team. And now he's going to miss that, KJ, because he's petulance.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And boy, oh boy, things go well. If you lose at home to San Jose, you think losing away for Salt Lake. Boy, oh boy, be careful there. Before we get to Shawnee in the headlines, uh, Canada said goodbye to uh, locals by beating Mexico 3-0 as they leave for Europe and the Women's World Cup in France that gets going on 7th of June on TSN. Canada won 3 nil. Christine Sinclair got another goal just three away now yeah. from the record and in the end a convincing win uh, and a good win with a lot of
2: morale
4: yeah a lot of morale a lot of good stuff out there they were playing a, a Mexico team that didn't really have anything going forward did they so I think they knew they could be a lot be, of young players yeah, that didn't make the World Cup they're, so. they're, they've got a bright future uh, Mexican soccer is really on the up women's soccer it's, it's been fabulous to watch how uh, the nation's got behind that in terms of uh, tendencies and, and the qualities coming there'll be one to watch in the. But at the moment, they're still learning. They had nothing going forward. I think that gave Canada confidence to really go in the front foot, create some pressure. Uh, I thought Jenny Becky was outstanding in the first half, especially we were watching that first half pretty closely. She was terrific. She was everywhere. She played off the left and a a, a front three with, with Prince and Sinclair. Very exciting. She had the licence to come inside. Um I think she could be one of the stars of the World Cup for the national team. And Sinclair got her goal. She she yeah. does what she does best, doesn't she? Yeah. She Important, she, I think. Yeah, she she's sort of she, she reminds me that she, she's a female Alan Shearer for me. You know, she yeah, it's a good job. she doesn't need to be have such an impact in the game. She's just got such a mindset. She'll wait on her opportunity, KJ. She knows she's she's a cam finisher. She'll she'll find her back in the net. When the chance comes, she puts it away. She gets one step closer. Um, it was a, a good afternoon for the national team. I think they've had uh, a, a good recent few games. There's, there's tougher tests to come. There's many things to like. Buchanan wasn't there. She was with our squad who, congratulations to them, won the, the Women's Champions yeah, League. Yeah, Leon,
1: Leon won 4-1 over Barcelona in the uh, final. In, yeah, yeah. yeah,
4: so that was, that was nice to see. She was away there. This is one of the stars. She'll be coming back. A lot of things to like, just can't wait for it to get started. Yeah,
1: Hederberg with the hat trick, who, yes. who
4: won't be at shame. the World Cup. big shame, isn't it? Massive shame. Biggest yeah. player in women's women's uh soccer is not gonna be there.
1: My favourite Jennifer Morrison did get a goal though, so to <laughs> make it to
4: four one. Um so looking forward to watching her in the World Cup.
1: And a reminder, the we will be previewing the Women's World Cup as we get closer to that. And Canada's um campaign gets going on Montpellier on tenth of June, I think three o'clock eastern, twelve o'clock Pacific, and of course they'll go on later. to play New Zealand and finish off against the Netherlands, all in Group E. Over to you, Shawnee, for this week's headlines.
3: Speaking of uh, beating records with Christine Sinclair, uh, Chris Wondolowski uh, broke the MLS all-time scoring record with a boom today with four goals, passing Landon Donovan, Uh, assuming that he retires at the end of the season. uh, How will we remember Chris Wondolowski as a player and as a goal scorer. Well, first of all, I remember him for the fact that he scores four goals
1: when he beat the record. That's Brilliant. A, That's incredible. <laughs> so four goals. He's barely played this season. Yeah. Either. I mean, he, he actually started a few games at the start of the season and then they started losing a lot of games. Yeah. He had to truly figure it out. Yeah. Uh, Danny Houston started getting a lot more minutes than him. And then he comes back and, and gets four every credit that he's done that. Um, Just a true professional. A man that has proven people time and time again. That uh, it's wrong and again, it, it proven people wrong. And again, back to that word again, mentality. Yeah.
4: Every every time you think of a goal scorer, you think of mentality, don't you? Yeah. The highs, the lows that they go through, the droughts. The top goal scorers never let it affect them, KJ. They just keep going and this guy's a proper man, isn't he? He just goes about his business. So much respect for him, played against him. Uh, I don't think he'll mind me saying he's, he's squeezed every ounce out of his career that's that's the only thing you can do when you look at that mirror at the end of your career did I give and do everything but well, this guy certainly has he's a record goal scorer it's a a fine record that will be a difficult one to beat and uh, just a proper man a proper pro I'm delighted for him great uh, great accomplishment and to do it in style like that that's, that's
1: just incredible magnificent
3: yeah, every credit keeping on with MLS Bruce Arena has returned uh, this time in New England so for this franchise who's been on a bit of a down, is this uh, a turnaround for the franchise? I hope so. Uh, you know,
1: Arena's very polarizing, is a very polarizing character in US soccer, in international soccer. I have to say, I've heard, I heard an interview with him once, I think it was over an hour, an hour longer sit down with him. And some of the stuff he had to say, I was like taking notes, yeah. it was incredible, like, intelligent yeah. leader leader of a mind. And then obviously sometimes, you know, he's struggled in some areas he's been with, but some of his success you can't argue with either. So I think he's got a lot of work to do. It's a team that has got uh, some significant holes. And to be frank is, well, again, let's keep with the theme of the podcast. They're an MLS2 team um, <laughs> that have not spent enough money to keep up with the way the modern day MLS is going. Yeah. I look at them right now as a team that has been they're almost a sleeping giant. They could be amazing, because yeah. if they wanted to be. Yeah. And maybe in a few years' time, they'll be, we might be seeing a complete rebrand of um, a team, I don't know, call them whatever you want, the Boston Bears, I don't care, yeah. in downtown Boston. Yeah, and need suddenly that. they're amazing. Do you know what I mean? That, that could happen. But right now he looks like a he's more than a caretaker but a man that needs to get him away from the just the apathy that's been around the franchise
4: for too long yeah he, he, they need some stability and I, I think that's why they've went for bruce they, they obviously want someone with been there done it experience and, and bruce certainly has that we, we cannot argue that i just wonder if he's the energy that's going to be needed to mm. to to shape this team the, the the coaching ability the the uh the, the sort of everyday work that's going to need to be done in the training ground here KJ with this team and and, uh, it is one of the most difficult franchises in MLS at the moment there's not a lot of positivity around New England Revolution there's not a lot of creativity in the team they're playing in a a big American football stadium that's too large that they don't get a lot of attendance. They're not so, cool, are they? They're not that's cool at all. They play playing a turf that's rotten, that is is just horrible to play on. It's flat. It's the it's um it's dangerous to be honest, to play football on. Um and and so I just don't know if he's got the energy to take all the negatives and come in every day and work on these players, make them a little bit better and make this franchise somewhat cool again. And um, that's going to be the key if if he still wants it enough, if he still has that burning desire to succeed.
3: Moving on to Europe, uh, Griezmann said his goodbye to Atletico Madrid fans uh, and looks to be on his way maybe to Barcelona. How do you guys think he'd fit into the Barcelona 11?
1: Yeah, I think he'd fit fine. You know, obviously, it's the difficult ones to say, Okay, where does he play, where does Suarez play, where does Messi play? But I think... It's a great signing if they accomplish it. We talked a little bit about this this week. We had a La Liga night in uh, downtown Toronto, Twitter Canada. Um, You know, at the end of the day, he's a similar age to what Suarez was bought. Suarez is now four or five years older, getting injured a little bit more. They need a little bit more world-class players I yeah. think and at this at 120 million buyout clause to get a world-class player for 120 million is a steal these days you can just burn 120 million on nothing of yeah. football these yeah. days yeah. so you can buy three or four players of genuine rubbish and just waste your team so look if you can get a player of that caliber I think you f- make it work brings a winning mentality to the group as well they were getting younger all the time aren't they bringing in Longley yeah. and Malcolm and Dembele and yeah. Artur they're, they're trying to get younger at the same time while you can't go through a fully rebuild. They're still winning games eight out of the last 11 championships now they've secured. So I think it's a win-win for everybody really here. And obviously, apart from Atletico Madrid, will sorely miss him.
4: Yeah, they'll sorely miss him. We knew that was going to happen at some point that he he was going to outgrow Atletico Madrid. And I think it came a little bit later than I expected. He's a wonderful player, world-class. I just not certain where he fits in this team I think they need pace KJ and mm. you know I'm not suggesting he's a slouch by any stretch of the imagination but he he's not the quickest he doesn't bring that raw pace that I think this team needs you look at it and, and, and Messi's Messi he's incredible but Suarez is getting on a little bit Coutinho is not worked Rakitic Busquets Vidal I'm getting a little bit one paced and yeah. Belly plays sometimes but he doesn't have the consistency and so I just don't know where he fits. Not sure where Dembele runs to when he runs, yeah. anyway. <laughs> I just open the gates, so, yeah. And run out. Yeah. March, yeah, marches to the beat of his own drum, on yeah, and off he the does. field. Yeah, he? He does. yeah, so yeah, that's that's my only concern here. Where does he fit? I think it was a, a signing that they had to make. You know, I, I if I'm any big team in Europe, I'm paying 120 million because even if it doesn't work, you're selling them yeah. in a year or two, and you're, you're making money on yeah. that probably. because yeah. he's, he's an incredible football player.
1: Although you make a great point, so I interrupt that Sometimes when transfers don't go great, that can often be the profile: is that you just force him in.
4: Yeah, that's why. Well, they're going to do that, and he's yeah. going to play. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, and so if he doesn't gel with Messi, and there's there's real concerns. People, not a lot of people gel with Messi. No, uh, he is the star, mm-hmm. and so when you come in uh, as a superstar, you have to learn very quickly that you know, wherever you are do. in the rankings. You're below Messi, yeah, and Suarez did it. And Suarez,
1: yeah. to be fair, stretches defenders. He runs beyond Griezmann. Often Such a loves smart to come. Player, isn't he? Yeah. Griezmann loves to come into yeah. an
4: area where Messi
1: likes Clog to go. His space
4: up, yeah. isn't he? Messi's what have that. So said, you want people that stretch that space to create it for Messi. That's right. And I don't think Griezmann will do that. He could play off a side, and he can he can be very effective, and he's brilliant defensively. But then. In a team that isn't quite as set up as Atlético Madrid to come break really quickly right. as a unit, I just worry that that he, he might become somewhat average. Yeah, and and That's I don't want track. to see that because he is a world class player. I want to see a guy that that, that goes somewhere where he can really utilise all his strengths. And I don't think Barcelona is the best fit in European football for him.
3: Uh Bayern Munich were crowned champions of Germany uh today with both Ribery and Robin scoring in their final matches for the club. Thoughts on Munich's championship season. A massive missed
1: opportunity by the rest of Germany. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to they? <laughs> like a team in transition with a lot of problems won the Bundesliga. Yeah. Like what a chance Dortmund had. What a chance. Yeah. You know what I mean? They just gave up so many silly goals near the end of the season. Bad goalkeeping, you meant you name it. Yeah. Um you know the nobody well nobody as they Bayern Munich sure did but many people thought that this was the year they weren't going to win it you know what were the fifth around Christmas yeah. just stormed to the title in the end and they kicked up another gear but
4: let's just think that that is uh, a this is a team that's going to be better next year so look yeah. out right yeah uh, I'm, I'm with you, KJ. it's just the chance was there to yeah. compete with them this year but I think same the theme of this, this podcast is it's, it's a show about mentality, isn't it? Mm-hmm. About winners. Well, we're talking about winners a lot this year. at the end of the season. Yes, so and about strength of character and finding a way and, and, and finding a formula, uh, at the right time and the right time of seasons between February and, and mid May, end of May. And these guys have done it, haven't they? They've been exceptional since the winter break. They've, they've found answers. Some of the young guys have stepped up. Ganabry's been. Sensational, Very good, yeah. He's been really good. There's been a number of them. Some of the older guys have been great. I think Sulla can be a, a top centre-half for them at mm-hmm. the back as well. And in fairness to, to Kovac, he's, he's a classy character, isn't he? Yes. He's took a lot of stick. He's kept quiet. He's did his job. He's never complained about having to fit Muller in and, and, and still having the presence of Ribery and Robin and everyone around Hummels, bow tie and Could go on and on. He just kept quiet. He's went about his business. He's found a way to get it done at the end of the year, and I think it's a a tremendous achievement by him actually to win this title. And I also think that it shows you the 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 the, the true winning mentality of the players that have achieved it.
1: And congrats to Alfonso Davies. Who yeah, gets, brilliant. Who gets to win. He got to lift the shield as well. And finally, on that enormous shield that they win which is a fantastic trophy um, anyone who hasn't seen the Hamas Rodriguez photograph you were
5: going to say you that you knew it
1: didn't you i just not having this Hamas Rodriguez who if you've forgotten and we would give you every right to forget has been part of Bayern Munich's championship campaign this season took a photograph in in, in the nude I think uh, with uh, you know what being covered up by this enormous shield and uh, he's got all these muscles he looks fantastic to be fair to him but he's I was just like you, you know you, you've barely played the last few months mate uh, a know? word
4: on these two guys Ori and yes. Robin Yes, Sensational. Incredible. Like yeah. just unbelievable what they've brought to that football club and, and the real connection that they've made. You know, a, a Dutchman and a Frenchman mm. playing with a German club. Normally the, the real stars of Bayern Munich are Germans, Yeah. they? These two guys have been embraced and brought in. They've delivered. They've been fantastic players to the, to the world game, but certainly to Bayern Munich football club.
1: They're dream signings. They're the signings you dream of when you make a signing like that of a player in the 20s and you just hope, I just hope yeah. you stay with me and play at the highest level forever. And that's what they did. For, yeah. for, wherever they go now, they'll never be like the same no. again. They've peaked and that's the dream. That's the dream of every big club is to buy a player like that who can be forever be known as your yeah. player and
3: play at the highest level. Earlier this week, it was announced that Allegri is not coming back to Juventus next season. Uh, who do you think steps into the job? And at this point, do you think I could coach Juventus to a Scudetto? <laughs> yes,
1: <laughs> yes, you could. Uh, Stevie, you agree with that? Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, who do you think steps into the job? Hmm.
4: What do you reckon? It's a tough one, isn't it? Yeah, um, I can think a great okay. candidate. You uh, got one? I got one. Okay. Uh, Maurizio Sarri. Oh, interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about that?
4: You think you might take it? If he's offered the UV job, 100%, yeah. 100%. He has to go back? Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah, I think he, he would probably be I think keen on it. He's had enough. Yeah.
1: He's had enough. He wants to go back and smoke some <laughs> that was, that was <laughs> out of the pitch. <laughs> you know, like he yeah. had a chance to mold the team a little bit uh-huh. into his reign. Yeah. Like move away from the, let's be honest, Hazard's leaving. The yeah. Project's getting harder. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's
4: had enough. Band, transfer, band. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, Juve comes calling. <laughs> he wins the Europa League. He finishes fourth in the Champions yeah. League and he just says, thanks, thanks bye. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Saves his reputation yeah. and goes back to the biggest club and, and one of the biggest in Europe, biggest in Italian Just let be honest,
1: he's not that far away from getting
3: sacked because everybody yeah. at Chelsea is like one minute from being sacked anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
5: so
3: <laughs> uh, so yeah, then, I like that one. Sadie, there you go. Uh, last week, Canada's under seventeen secured their spot in the under seventeen World Cup. Uh, how big are these moments for the national team program?
1: Enormous. We were following it, weren't we? The penalty yeah. went in; it was great. Uh, what, I don't know what show we were doing. We've done that many this week, but we, <laughs> we were doing a show when it was happening at the same time. We saw I think. It, yeah. yeah, we saw it when it went in, and um, yeah. this is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. This is important. Uh, for the national team program we've had a lot of success at the women's we're getting semi-finals in the, in the youth level this year already and the men have already said you know that we need to keep doing this it's not just about the men's national team yeah. at the very top the pathway forward is important in the development of the, in this game and uh, we just watched it and we were thrilled for the young lads
4: yeah thrilled for them I, I know a few of the young lads the, the TFC group there's, there's some exciting players within that that uh, group of lads and well done to them it was uh, a big achievement that to 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 win that big game much like they're they're a bigger team the A team the the men's national team is going to have to do the gold cup in the summer you're going to have to win a big match they did it in penalty kicks Costa Rica Uh, lost quite heavy to the US the semis but this is about building this is about being at big moments qualifying for the the world cup that's going to come up in Brazil and, and being prepared and learning from that taking that experience on in your careers and credit to these guys I'm, I'm excited for them and I hope they can go to the World Cup and, and do the country proud
1: yeah congrats boys keep it going alright keeping with the theme of talking about winners on the show and mentality um, earlier this week we chatted with Wayne Rooney well I did for TSN and we're lucky now to get the full interview for you folks so take a listen and we'll be back soon
2: mm-hmm. A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: All right, Wayne, I want to talk to you today a lot about greatness. Do you consider yourself a great player? What do you Think when people like myself or other players
5: call you great. Um, no, I think great players. Bad, and I think Messi and Ronaldo. Um, they become great when you finish playing. I think um, a lot of the pay- players in the past. Um, they finish playing, and then people truly realize um, how good he was or how great he was. And I think Messi, and Ronaldo, probably the only two you can <laughs> say greater our world class um, while they're still playing so um, and on myself people have opinions good bad um, so it's um I'll say whatever people think it's great if people think you've done you've done great and um, you've had a good career so I appreciate I appreciate that um, when people say that but I rarely I just look for the, for the next game I really look back and think mm-hmm. What I've achieved in in the game, or um, I, I tend to look forward and, and think what's still left to achieve.
1: But when you do finish, you will obviously be known as the greatest goal scorer in Manchester United history, the greatest goal scorer in England uh, history, in the national team as well. What does that mean to you that you've got both of those accolades, surpassing the greats of Bobby Charlton?
5: Yeah, of course, it's something which I'm extremely, extremely proud about, and to become the, the record goal scorer for both Manchester United and England is um, something which I never really dreamed about, never thought about. Um, I play football for the love of the game. I love playing, I love watching it. Um so to have these records and breaks of Bobby's um records which stood for so long means a lot and I think um like I'm I'm not crazy, I know there's better goal scorers in um, out there that are, as being better goal scorers than, than what I am. I've had time on my hands and um, again, I don't play just to score gold. I like to be involved in the game and, and play the game and I live um, to play football and these you know, records come with it, which is is great.
1: The enthusiasm you talk about there, how much you love the game. I think it's infectious. I think you can see anybody who watches you, you can see your teammates certainly respond to that as well. Can you explain to me what that feeling is like when you score a goal? Is it still the same now as it was when you were a little boy in the streets of Liverpool?
5: Yeah, it's um, incredible. It's obviously, besides winning a trophy um, with your team, it's it's the best feeling you you can have on on the pitch. And I think I said a few years ago, actually, it's almost like you're, you're in a a daydream when you're playing the game and um, obviously there's, there's fans there and they're singing or they're doing whatever but you're almost blanked out and it's like um, it's like you're, you're playing football underwater and um, when you, you score it's that moment of when you come up for a breath and you're and you, you feel all the, the crowd and you feel your teammates um, celebrating but it's, it's a very strange feeling
1: It's a great way of describing it I think I read a while ago. You've got some great goals, but is it your favourite? The overhead kick against Man City in the derby—is that fair?
5: Yeah, I think so. I think it's obviously it was a nice goal, and um, to win to win the the derby, and we were fighting with Man City to win the, the title that year also. And um, I think it was the 79th minute, I scored so it was late on to go two-one up and just the meaning of the goal and um, how it went in um, it's probably probably technically the hardest goal I scored was the, the Newcastle um, volley I scored yeah. but I think the looking back to Man City one is my favourite
1: This discussion about greatness I think is so interesting because I gravitate towards greatness of all sports and I know you're the same you love boxing you love golf and you took on a epic journey to get to the Masters this year I believe, didn't you? Is that was that in just to try and witness greatness?
5: Yeah well it's something I've always um wanted to do, I've always wanted to go um to watch. I've been to a I've been to British Open, I've been to a few other tournaments but I think the Masters is something I've always wanted to experience and um, we played in Colorado away and we were off the Sunday and Monday um, at two days off so um, we organised to go on uh, the Saturday night, Sunday, early hours Sunday morning and get in for the final round and everything went against us. Um, <laughs> the weather meant the, the leaders were teeing off, they are all teeing off shotgun starting. So that meant um, if the flight was on time, we'd get there for the, to watch the, the leading group, basically. Um, and then the flight got delayed, then meant we missed the connecting flight. So it was a long journey. We got there for the last four holes, but... Right. Um, when we got there, we, yeah, me, Steve and Chris, we, we said to, to each other, just it'd be perfect if Tiger wins, just to, when you talk about great sportsmen, and he's um, right up there, if not the, the best, he's um, incredible. So to be there to see him win, win the major and, when Augusta was a special moment.
1: You played in some great teams, but when you play against great teams, Wayne, can you appreciate that as a opponent? I think about the... I mean, you, you won the Champions League final yourself. But I think about the, the second one against Barcelona, the goal that you scored in the game, but that team was just so brilliant that day. Is it something you can appreciate and look back on and think I played against a, a truly great side there?
5: Yeah, I remember we lost two finals to, to Barcelona and I remember sitting down just thinking any other team, I think, in Europe at that time, um, we were the beat. Um, it was just coming up against that team and I think possibly um, the best team in the history of the sport. And um, it was just a shame that we ended up playing them twice in the final. But no, of course, you can appreciate um, I think that's the, the one team where I remember sat at home actually watching Barcelona play. Um, in a Champions League game and um, my wife was in the kitchen um, and I was sat in, like, just off the kitchen watching her and I stood up clapping and she was looking at me like, what are you doing? Um, but I think teams like that and some of the players, um, Messi, Iniesta, mm. um, Xavi, Busquets, I think people don't really look at them that much but um, you just have to appreciate these players.
1: And it's been a great week for English club football, obviously with the, the four teams getting to the final and some of the miraculous style. I'm sure you, you were watching. What were you thinking when you were watching what was happening last week?
5: Um, devastated <laughs> when Liverpool got there. Um, but obviously I respect Liverpool as a football club and um, what they achieved to, to overturn that against Barcelona is incredible. Um and then obviously the Tottenham game also, um, three 0 down over the two legs to come back. Um was was brilliant for them and hopefully they can put on a good performance in the final and um and then obviously Chelsea Arsenal, Europa League. It's um it's great for English football to have the four teams in the in the two major finals is um it's great and I think you can just start to feel, I think we went through a phase from 2005 to maybe 2011, where English teams were getting to Champions League finals regular and um, it dried dried off a little bit, but I think you can just start to feel that coming back and um, I think that's with a lot of help of some of the managers who've come into the Premier League, Guardiola, Klopp, Pochettino, who've been fantastic for the league and to get them back up there, so hopefully that will continue.
1: Is it something that you were you with on Sunday? Obviously, Man City and Liverpool going for the Premier League tra- title. Is that as a, as a Man United and Evertonian? Was that difficult to watch a little bit with those teams going?
5: Forward? I went on, so no, I do. Obviously, I wanted City to win. Um, I think being growing up in Liverpool being an Everton fan playing for Everton and then playing for Manchester United um, Liverpool is the one team I don't want to win anything <laughs> so um, but yeah I think it's hard watching Man City and Liverpool all season challenging for the Premier League and um, I think what they've both done this year has been fantastic And um, but as a, a you know ex-Manchester United player to watch them two challenging is it's difficult and, um, you know, hopefully I think with Manchester United it'll take a little bit of time. Um, but they need to make the right decisions on the players who come in and maybe tweaking um, a few things behind the scenes which um, will help them get back.
1: Talking about greatness, what's the greatest thing for you about living in the United States?
5: Um, I think people ask me that and what's the difference I think the big difference for me is the food. It's so different. Um, um, but it's again I think at home I, I live my life where I take the kids to school um, go to training pick them up and, and then go home and, and be a dad with my children So um, and that's the same here. so um, you're almost get into a routine where it doesn't matter if you're in England or over in the States it's um, the same routine and Obviously, we don't have all the family around us, um, which we have back home, so that's a bit different um but other than that, um no, I think my kids have settled really well and then joined school and so we're happy
1: you mentioned the food is that the greatest thing you miss from back home food
5: um probably yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the small things which um i've had a few we've had a few things sent over and right. um, some of the crisp and chocolate. Which is like, so different. We've, we've got some water yeah, we've had some over yeah, there. Yeah, um, yeah, there yeah, but no, I think just in general the food is so different. Yeah, right. It seems a bit fresher in England, so
1: <laughs> comedy do you miss I miss comedy a little bit in England. Do you miss comedy over here a little bit? The comedy of uh, TV programmes and shows?
5: Um we watch we still watch a lot of, a, a lot of the stuff from back home. Um, my friend got me a, a sling box, which so I can still watch my Sky TV at yes. home. Um, but no, to be honest, you don't have, we don't, because of the time difference, um, a lot of the shows are on during the kids getting picked up from school or just before, so we don't watch a, a lot of it. And we tend to have a couple of hours in the evening when the kids are in bed where nice. we watch a TV series or a movie.
1: Last thing for you, and thanks so much for your time. The greatest thing you're looking forward to post playing career for Wayne Rooney what is it that you're
5: looking forward to the most? In management I think it's my whole life I've been involved in, in football and it's something which I love um, it's what I know um, that's in anything so it'd be a shame not to, to go into management and try it out and, and hopefully be successful and um, I've seen so many players who I've played with who got so much knowledge of the game and it's a shame not to see them you know, give it a go and, and see what happens so um, that's what I want to do I'm working on obviously doing my badges and hopefully when I finish playing um, I get a, a chance somewhere and, and take it I
1: have no doubt you would be a great manager you're a great player you continue to have a great career you're in a great city welcome to it enjoy the, the week while you're here and thanks again for your thank time thank you very much I really appreciate it Thank you. cheers mate
5: thank you thank you
0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Okay, thanks for TSN there for the audio on Wayne Rooney. And it was a privilege to sit down with him, to be honest, mate. And that was obviously for our TSN coverage of the game midweek against DC United uh, from BMO Field. Rooney is a player that you played against often. And um, I've covered for many years. Uh, and quite frankly I've never met anybody who doesn't like him mm-hmm. I've never met anybody and any player who I've ever read anything about them or spoke about really I've never heard one bad word about him and that for me is is a tremendous legacy
4: uh, yeah uh, what can I say about him one of the the brightest English footballing brains that has, that has ever been mm. in the history of the game uh, that's how amazing he was KJ as a player and I think if you've ever been his teammate or you've played against him, you can understand that through his movements. There's there's good players, there's fast players, there's skillful players, and there's these cerebral minds, these these way these lads that come along at, at such a young age when he had this brain of a experienced player. He was exceptional, his movement, the way that he did things and and the other thing that springs to mind when I think about Wayne Rooney is he's um his focus and he's determination Mm. and to have so many people say things about you, negative things and comments he's past it he's this he's that and just to be professional and quiet and go through your entire career and turn up put your boots on pull your socks up and get on with the job I think it's remarkable I, I, I I I never came anywhere near that. I don't know what that kind of scrutiny is like. Right. I can imagine because I've experienced some kind of scrutiny, but that's another level. And to just keep calm and professional through that is, is uh, I've got a lot of respect for him for that reason. And um, a brilliant professional. It's it's great to see him here in MLS. He's bringing that professionalism and that uh, experience to, to MLS now and really bring the best in these players
1: you and I have a mutual friend, Cody Royal, who wrote wrote a book called Where Others Won't. Yeah. Uh, For anybody out there, you should go buy it. It's a great book about mentality and leadership in in business and sport. Excuse me. It's called Where Others Won't. And I think that, sums up Wayne Rooney's career Yeah, where others won't he's gone places where others won't you know he was a boy from Liverpool who played for the blue side not the red side hates the red side with a passion as you heard in that interview when you know doubled down on the fact that he's just his hatred for (laughs) Liverpool and devastated in. and then plays for the blue side then goes to Manchester plays for Manchester United Brave Brave Then challenged Sir Alex Ferguson multiple times over contract disputes and really went at it where others wouldn't, you know what I mean? Really threatened to play for Manchester City when Fergie just was apoplectic about it. Like, why would you ever do that? Mm -hmm. You know, and this was before City, they're on the verge of that. But, you know, there's lots of things like that. Um, Challenged them there, continued to fight. And now comes to major league soccer and goes to DC yeah. where others wouldn't, you yeah. know, and yeah. really rose, and continue to climb this franchise. And yeah. by the way, he's no David Beckham. He's no Steven Gerrard. No. And he's no Frank Lampard. He's a difference maker on an he MLS field and off yes. the field. Significant yeah. difference maker, as you can see, uh, whenever you watch DC regularly. So yeah, uh, just, just, just brilliant to have him here and I think hopefully for the next two or three years it's great to hear his thoughts also about wanting to give something back in the game and, and feel like he can give, have a go at management
4: too yeah absolutely I think he's got a lot to give for the game and I, I don't see him leaving it it's in his blood he's an out and out winner uh, the, the stories that you just bring up there KJ, just tell you know to leave Everton was a tough decision for him he, he loves that football club but he realised he had to leave to win and so he went to a difficult place for him to go in Manchester United, yes. but he knew that was a perfect scenario. Um, I was at St James's when I was a young lad. I was in the, the first team squad. Maybe I was about nineteen twenty at the time, and uh, the, the youth team came back. The under nineteens. Peter Beersley was the coach, and I saw uh, Peter at the side of the pitch, and I said, "Oh, how would you get on?" He said, "Oh, we were at Everton, and uh, we lost two 0 He said, "This fourteen-year-old scored a brace," and I said, "No." Nah. This was U19. I said, 14? I I, I actually thought he was lying. I I didn't believe him because I just could never imagine a 14-year-old playing in an under-19 game. The difference in physicality, the quickness of the game, the the brain speed that was needed was just too big a step for me. His name was Wayne Rooney. Right. So he was playing with the youth team. uh, The U19's at 14. He was playing with the first team at 16. He's just ahead of his time and a brilliant football brain. Great stuff.
1: You may have remembered on a past show, we talked about um, the card collection that we were, yes. I went to the card collection show. And I said I would bring in a, a pack of 1994 World Cup cards and open them on the day and sealed then go and through and them. sealed right brilliant. here. So uh, before, as I open the pack, maybe you can tell us a 1994 World Cup memory while I open them. Go ahead.
4: Well, I was kind of young. What I do remember about 94 World Cup was trying to stay up and watch the games yeah. in Scotland. Oh, yeah, that was a hard thing for me. I fell and-
1: asleep during the semi final. <laughs> I remember Brazil, Horrible. Sweden. Sweden. Yeah, Romario. Romario, well, no. he woke me up. Horrible game, though. Was it? Terrible, boring. Thanks. I remember. You need to give me a reason to fall asleep now. <laughs> it always, was a late one, mate.
4: Well, KJ, I'd us. always wake up, and it was back in the days where the TV ended. You know, yeah. you get that. <laughs> bree- <laughs> just be like that silly That's scream. Right. Yeah, and yeah. I'd wake up nearly every night, and right. you know that that scream would be on there, and it'd be beeping away. and, my parents, God love them, they would let me watch every single Couldn't game. Could rewind it while back and find out day. what happened. No, Could I'm you no, on no, your phone? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. We got an we got an open now. We just opened up upper
1: deck um, football, calcio, World Cup USA '94 cards. Ooh. And the first card is Paul Gascoigne. Paul Gascoigne. <laughs> Look at this <laughs> what a card. That it's is. a special silver hotshots England Paul Gascoigne. Um, but he didn't make the 1994 Obviously. World Cup. So that's a fail right away. That's not good. Why we got him in here. And we've got the next one is Norway, Jan Arger Fjortov. Oh,
4: what a player. What a player. Swindon, if I remember correctly, played a little bit there. Have you seen you? him
1: these days? He does reporting on the pitch. Yeah, incredible. well actually. Yeah, it says on the back of the card, an exciting young forward Fjortoft has developed into one of the Norway's best finishers using a combination of strength and speed. Age 27, there you go so a good got, striker wasn't yeah, he yeah he was a good striker we got him as well let's see who else we've got we've got Ireland's Dennis Irwin Dennis Irwin what a fullback what a fullback consistent. he had for Manchester United They had yeah. a great world cup didn't they? he We did he did have a great world cup yeah. so that was we got him we've got Italy's Giuseppe Signori oh. left
4: foot striker obviously penalty kick two, two, y- two steps remember a couple of oh, steps yeah. and whip it in the corner using lightning pace and an
1: ability to score from almost any angle Giuseppe Signori uh-huh. has become Italy's number Number one goal scorer. He steals in from the left wing on notice before firing home with his power packed size five boots.
4: <laughs> size five. That's a tiny <laughs> that's foot. That's a tiny
1: foot. Forty goals in three seasons in the world's best league, it says. Wow World's best league yeah, was sure Back then Indeed. There you go <laughs> Who else have we got here We've got uh, a Russian player I've never heard of actually Dmitry Radchenko Chienko. Nope Can't remember mm. him Sorry Uh We've got um Alberto Garcia Aspe Mexico remember, remember him, remember him no. I remember Garcia Aspe actually I remember I him I him as probably well, so. can't remember That Russian Yeah you remember him Who else we got here Yeah. Alright we got Paolo
4: Maldini Oh he was a bit well, of A player wasn't
1: he best, One of the best Defenders ever It calls him the world's best left back Maldini displays the maturity beyond his years and likes to attack at every opportunity obviously would go all the way to the final so that's the pack we've opened Class. there we'll do it again we've got to do this again I got some yeah, more yeah this is good eh? this is good we'll do them again we'll open some more there so hopefully the you nice enjoyed- cards. they are nice cards so hopefully you enjoyed the uh, trip down memory lane and surely <laughs> for being the great producer that you are I know you're a Spurs fan there you go mate oh, you can have Paul you know, Gascoigne despite it being World Cup 94 I just can't look at that because because it reminds me of us not being there. I'll put that in the corner
3: of my uh, Gaza go. poster in my spare room. There you oh, go, There you go. Paul Gascoigne prize for you. Over to you, finally, for Hashtag Ask AFP. Uh, keeping with a little bit of uh, retro and story time, uh, Chris asks uh, for Caldwell Corner. A lot of people are really enjoying your story time. So wondering uh, if you could talk about Wigan versus Manchester City. Helps them get to sleep. <laughs> Wigan, Manchester City in 2013. Uh, any good stories?
4: Uh, so... I was in New York for that game. Yeah. Uh, My brother was obviously involved for Wigan and I'd spent the season the season before or two seasons before I can't remember but I'd been at Wigan recently and I knew the majority of players that were playing in that game so I was in New York because you were in MLS by then yes well I was just coming to MLS so I'd finished my season at Birmingham I think I was to be in Toronto on the the Tuesday maybe after this final on the Saturday and I was in New York and I was having a couple of beers and wind down as you know I'm sometimes entitled to do you're not having a barbecue (laughs) (laughs) so I was in New York Sean and I got up really early because I really wanted to watch a game I was hung over some would say I was probably a little drunk and it wasn't that easy (laughs) to find a bar to watch a game so you know I I wanted to go I didn't want to watch it in a little small telly in some corner I wanted to go to a sports bar and watch a game and I found this fantastic sports bar I go in there I have no real you know ambitions or or no real thoughts that anything's going to happen I think I just need to be there and watch hope my brother gets on him substitute for 20 Uh minutes and I sit there, KJ, bloody Mary, because I can't get a beer down me because I'm still so hungover. Breakfast but of champions. Yes. And I watched it unfold and it was amazing. It was one of the best. I was on my own the entire time. I think the guys came along a bit later, but they were in their scratchers for, for most of the game. Right. And I watched it and I celebrated. And by the time the game finished, I was a little bit tipsy again, <laughs> to say the least. And I, the guys called me for the bus. Ben Watts is a very good friend of mine. I was close to Ben. I still am. I don't see him as much, unfortunately, but... Ben and I were very close when we were teammates and I'll never forget them phoning me for the bus Ben is a brilliant character for anybody that that knows a wonderful player as well West Brom Forest Wigan Palace uh, great midfielder Ben scored the winning goal and Ben was sitting there with the FA Cup on the bus just with the biggest smile on his face. But he has this calm demeanour. He's just like, it's the FA Cup, Steve. I'll never forget it. He's got the accent. It's the FA Cup on FaceTime. Amazing. Such a great day for a football club.
1: That was a great day. I was. I, I remember this was one of the games, and you know me, I, I watch a lot of games on delay without knowing. Yeah. People think I'm mad for now in 2019. <laughs> but I was able, I'm still able to do it sometimes. And I like it because then rarely do you remember that you actually watched it later you yeah. know so for me I didn't watch the game live for some reason I think it was the next day and, okay. I, and I didn't know that was unbelievable didn't know and that's what made it even better because it's the kind of game that if you watch after and you know yeah. it, there's no drama in yeah, it. headed goal 90th yeah. minute you know yeah. headed goal 90th minute winner but I didn't know and it was amazing because I remember thinking well I, I remember calling out Mancini for being a fraud anyway I thought he was <laughs> <laughs> anybody could have basically he basically almost screwed Man City over
3: yeah. Um, and but yeah I was so happy Wigan won that day. Good for them. Uh, Nathan asks, is it more likely that Wolves finish higher or lower in the table next season? Oh, a bit of uh, higher, lower. of
1: Bruce Forsyth. Great question. You know the uh, card game? Higher yeah. or lower? Five five. 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 Oh. <laughs> I'm going to go, uh, okay, we've got Wolves on the board. Higher or lower? I'm going to go with lower. Lower? Yeah, lower than seventh next season. What does that mean? That a- means- eighth or oh, right, ninth, okay. tenth. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. So uh, I think that the continuity shown by them this season is almost
4: impossible to repeat yeah. because if they had any injuries Fifteen th- they never had a player injured for more than a week week of the season. That yeah. is incredible. Yeah.
1: Um 15 um games in a row where they picked the same team like yeah. over the stretch not 15 games in a row but 15 yeah. teams out of yeah. 30 out of 37 uh which is incredible as well. They have now uh, this is quite relative question, Nathan, following Coldwell Corner because they're now starting the Europa League. They're in yeah. the Europa League because Man City won the FA Cup and they start in July. Yeah. And that, we know that can have an impact as Bit well. tough. So all of that, I mean, I think they're going to get better. They're going to sign a few more players, but that nucleus of player, they really only had 14 or 15 players you yeah. could really rely on. And one of them was Adama Traore. So, I mean, <laughs> that's a problem.
4: They <laughs> need to sell him quickly. <laughs>
1: uh, so that's why uh, I will go with... With, uh, I still think it could be a good season, but yeah, 9th, 10th, 11th,
4: something like that. Yeah, I, I, you make some great points there, KJ. I wouldn't disagree with any of them. I, I was so impressed with them last week at Anfield. I watched them live for the of first course, time, yeah. and they're really, really good. They really are so organized. They have such a system. They get the maximum out of every single player, they're, they're fun to watch. And I was thinking if they can just get a bit more, um, depth and they can maybe add a little bit more quality, although I, I can't think of what player I'd put out of the team. It would be really harsh on even right. Bennett or whoever. Yeah. Cody's been magnificent, Doherty. But if they can just find a little bit more quality, then I think they can really push forward. I think they're going to spend again, but Europa League's always a killer. If you don't have the size of squad, you can't rely on, 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 on some of your squad players to play either the Europa League games, the group games, or to follow up in the league then you're going to get hurt it's it's tough we did it at Birmingham we didn't have a squad we had a good standard of player for the championship we lost a lot of games when we came back from Europe after a great result mm. we went to I mean we went to Southampton for one of the games we got tonked, you know we were just exhausted and so it takes it out you, you need the squad they need to find players that are good enough to, to make up the numbers in the squad
1: you ever have do you ever dream about something and no remember you do it, and then something triggers the dream? <laughs> I don't know why you just trigger something. I I dreamt one of these nights this week, and my dreams are always about football. outside sad
3: is that? Um, <laughs> I, just get, I can't turn off. I dreamt that Villa signed Ryan Bennett, so yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll win the playoff final. <laughs> <laughs> uh, noted Villa fan Travis asks, uh, "Who do you have coming up from the Championship playoffs? And do you, oh. and do you see the team losing most of the players? Oh, so the team losing to lo- lose most of their players." Um,
1: well, if Villa win and Derby lose, they will lose most of them because the best players are on loan. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, like they got some class players, mate. They're good, they you uh, young,
4: fresh, exciting. Yeah.
1: So. Uh, I can't really say anything else about this. get A bit nervous <laughs> talking about it, if I'm honest. Declare an interest. I've mate. declared an interest many times. Anybody who's not listening to this or listening to this for the first time, um, of course, I have an interest in this game. Uh,
4: Villa, I've thumped them twice this season in the league. Does, right. does that mean anything? Yeah, it does. Does it? I think so. Okay. I only on my one experience, and it meant a lot. We you beat thumped United. teams many
1: often. <laughs> that what you're no,
4: too, <laughs> but we beat Sheffield United twice in the right. season that we did it, and and we felt very confident. Than in our opponent okay. that day and uh, and so I, I do think it has a bear and I think there'll be a confidence there in, in Villa and let's face it Villa are the favourites Villa are the team with, with you know everything you lose you could say because they're the favourites but they're, they're the dominant team they have the experience I think they're the the clear favourites
1: Shawnee was watching me watch the penalties this week, weren't you? We were preparing for the Rooney interview and we we're just hoping that he didn't come down during the penalties. Uh, <laughs> thank- thankfully you. Rooney was watching them. He told me, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, I've just been nervous watching my village. So I'll just watch them. And so he was watching the penalties. So I ended up watching sure. them um, with a uh, Blackpool man who uh, was very helpful during the inter- interview <laughs> of Wayne. Shout out to Chris from DC, from Blackpool. who We were all watching them on the phone and um, yeah, it was a nerve wracking day, but we had enough quality to see it off in the end and w- you know, we'll see a week Monday to see how it goes. But that was a, dr- that they were some dramatic playoffs. Yeah, incredible drama. Drama Leeds just bottled the it. The
4: atmosphere in Ellen Road though it was, was electric. Oh, was it ever? I was with a, a a buddy of mine. Actually, through a buddy of mine, Andy from Leeds. Right, he's listening. He he's he's been here in Toronto this week, and he was at Ellen Road. Okay, on Wednesday night he flew out to Toronto on, on, on Thursday oh. morning, and he said the atmosphere was better than Valencia and the, the big European nights in the early 2000s. He said it was absolutely electric. He was gutted at the end of the game. Frank Lampard not shaking the hand of
1: uh, Marcelo Bielsa until after he went on and celebrated and Bielsa walked on the pitch to find him and then he shook his hand. Is that right? And he said afterwards, I probably should have shook his hand before that. That's not, really, not, not, really, not really an apology I'll from I tell you, Frank's never Frank.
4: came out of this whole... Spartway leads very well, in my opinion. No. it's looked a little bit petty on a lot of occasions, and I understand why, but it's football. Let it go, move mm-hmm. on, and that, that's poor. You go and shake the manager's hands first, no matter what.
1: He was too busy doing his uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. stupid <laughs> celebration. But anyway, enough about Lampard. Uh, John Terry versus Lampard at Wembley. What a matchup.
3: Uh, Dylan Dyson asks, What is your favourite formation and why?
4: Stevie's big on his formations. I don't you? have a favourite formation, they're irrelevant, absolutely <laughs> pointless. <laughs> It's the most <laughs> overused thing in football formations. Ridiculous uh, teams defend, f- a- f- attack, defend. They're fluid with the changing of the formation, so it's just ridiculous. And you can't choose a favourite formation unless you know who your players are. Yeah, that's the key here. There's so many managers that try and fit the wrong guys into three-five-two or four-two-three-one and it's it's silly. You take your players, you look at them, then you come up with a fair formation or two or three that you work on that you allow the players to be fluid and to change between.
1: I do like shapes and formations a little bit more than Stevie, but I understand he's completely right in everything he says. I will say this, I like teams for the most part who play with the back four. I like a true holding midfielder with toughness that can stop attacks and generally bring a strength tempo to an attack. And in front of him, I like to play um, a cu- two midfielders. So call it whatever you want, but and then I like two wide players who can attack and come inside, and a forward. So some would say that's four three three. I often think four one four one, but whatever you want. Um, something like that for me yeah. is the best kind of shape to fit the best on there. And then obviously it's a different shape with the ball and without it. But I'm talking about that true defensive midfielder that can dictate the play with and without the ball.
3: Fair enough, Stevie. Uh two centre backs or three centre backs did you care if you were lined up in a three or a two Um, I preferred the two Sean I think that it was a bit more
4: normal to me being in the two but I played in some brilliant threes as well and I think it depends you know I mean, there's different ways of playing a three as well. There's that sort of middle guy who, back in my day especially, not so much now, he was a bit of a sweeper. So he had to be a bit smarter, know when to give depth, when he can cover over Cody. Connor Cody, for example, did that really well at Anfield. The number of times he covered the more aggressive Bennett and Bolly. So... That was one way, and then if you had a, if you had a kind of ability to step forward, then playing in the left or right, I often played in the left at times uh, because I was quite comfortable on my left hand side. I could step forward into the play and, and play some passes, but two, two is better. Two is better. Two is a a, a more fluid formation. The, the the recent success of Chelsea's meant that the threes came back into the the kind of um the the popular sort of formation, but I, I think that four at the back is the way to go
3: great Uh, Simon asks uh, what in your opinion needs to be done to improve coach education in Canada it's a loaded question
4: Uh, what needs to be done to improve coach education well we need better coaches to educate the coaches first and foremost we don't have enough quality coaches here in Canada and we need not just good coaches but good, good coach educators that's a key thing, Sean. You know, I was lucky enough to go through my UFA licences at the Scottish FA, and we have some of the best. We're renowned for being one of the best uh, coaching licences in the world. Jose Mourinho, Andre Villas-Boas, all the magnificent Scottish coaches came through it. Uh, Sir Alex Ferguson, Alex Smith, Gordon Strachan, Tommy Burns, I could go on and on, everybody. And so what we have is brilliant teachers. And so they tell you what it actually does Takes and what it means to coach in different ways and different forms. And so we, we need people like that in Canada. I know Jason's doing some great work, Jason DeVos, and trying to improve it and try to impo- improve the courses and p- improve the diploma. But at the end of the day, we need more facilitators and we need no- more facilities and more areas where these coaches can learn. And then we need clubs, whether it be grassroots or professional clubs, to encourage these coaches to develop their coaching, to get their provincial B's, their national B's, their A's, and move up the coaching ladder, because the only way you can learn is actually being out there in the grass and stepping up with your education to get better and better.
1: Good stuff. And that concludes our show today. As usual, please continue to rate and review our iTunes review of the week. This week comes from Oath. He says, love the insight into Toronto FC and even all world football incredible podcast thanks so much for the words kind Thank words you. Oh, that's very kind of you and uh, one last shout out to Danny Boffin who didn't get talked about earlier when I pulled out my cards a hard-working Belgian midfielder so thanks to Danny Boffin, Danny Boffin. can't remember him it yeah, has to be said Google Danny Boffin hopefully he's listening to the show <laughs> that's it for this week we'll be back next week thanks to Dylan Sean Clay and the listeners cheers see you soon